Brody and the Beard is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals of last-minute tickets. Did you know rocket ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. That's a ton of money, folks. 60% off is a lot. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into games. You can find any game you want. And it's not just games, guys. You can also find theater tickets, concert tickets. It's an easy app. Takes about two taps, really, to get what you need. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download GameTime and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Be sure to check out all the athletic podcasts. we got a ton of new NBA podcasts that popped out, all team-specific, so you could find which one resonates most with you, although most of you are going to keep rocking with Kelly and I on Brody and the Beard. But you can also check out our national stuff on the back-to-back pods. I'm Michael Frazier, and you're listening to Brody and the Beard on the Athletic Podcast Network. Velvet. Mo Dackel. This guy's amazing. That move is illegal in most every state except in Texas. The Bears! Too much sauce. The rim is crying. If you're Russell Westbrook, why not? Welcome to a new episode of Brody and the Beard. Here we are, guys. We're one day away. It's Wednesday as we're recording. It's me, Mo Dockill, and with me is our man on the ground, Kelly Eco. Kelly, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. But you know, you've been getting a lot of hate lately in the past 48 hours. I think we need to. I think we need to discuss that. At the top of the hour. I mean, we. I mean, listen. <laughs> I'm just gonna tell people. I am not a homer i'm not a fan i don't like your team i don't dislike your team i'm just telling you what i see i'm a former video guy these are the things this is the perspective i'm coming from i'm sorry if it doesn't align with you there are times where i'm gonna be positive and there's times where i'm gonna be negative but the one thing i'm always gonna be is mo and that's who i am guys so i'm sorry i i, I i've <laughs> seen it on twitter circulating a little bit you know i'm, I'm sorry folks this is just who i am and I'm not asking you to be any different. So if you guys want to keep going, go ahead and keep doing your thing. I'm going to keep doing my thing. That's just how I roll, Kelly. Hey, unapologetic, unapologetically Big Mo. And, and, and the most important thing, guys, we're just talking basketball. <laughs> it's nothing to really grab. Mo was just talking shit. <laughs> oh, I mean, it wasn't even that bad. No, I didn't think it was that bad. It, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. But it's okay. It's okay. Kelly, we're going to start it off. If you're new to the podcast, I mean, Kelly's got more nicknames than Shaq, it seems like. I'm very curious to see how long we can go with this. But every podcast, we're going to go into a new Kelly Eco nickname. We've done uh, Turtleneck Shorty, which is our producer, Sasha Shaw's favorite one. Uh, We have Biggie Velvet. We did last time we covered uh, the ecosystem, which I think is a great one. But Kelly... Explain to me how you got Swag Champ. <laughs> oh, man. How did I get Swag Champ? Well, I was late to a 
practice session like a couple minutes late a while back and I'm in the tunnel walking towards the you know the arena and I run into James Harden the ultimate swag champ you know I was I, what was I wearing that day I think I was I mean I, I usually dress in all black but I oh I know it was my shoes it was my shoes I I was I only wear Puma shoes people for those who don't know I don't know why but I really rock with Puma. So Puma, if you're out there, I need a sponsorship. You know, I'm your guy. So James, he saw me. You know, he looked down and he said, what's up, Swag Champ? And, and when I heard that, I thought, clearly he's not talking to me. I thought there was somebody around me. But I looked around. It was just me and him in the tunnel. So I'm like, huh, Swag Champ, huh? I can dig it. So there you go. I am, <laughs> I am your unofficial 2019-2020 Swag Champ. I mean, it was gifted to you by James Harden. I mean, it's the it was the highest. It, it was bestowed on me. It was bestowed. Bestowed on you, right? Better words. See, that's why you're you're a better writer than I am, you know. But given to you by James Harden, I mean, like the yeah. highest of the Rockets right now that you can get a nickname from. I'd say that's that's pretty big time right there. All right, so moving forward, we got the nickname in the can. We got Swag Champ. All that stuff. And part of the advantages of having a guy like Kelly on the ground, he was able to get our first official guest. We got Michael Frazier. He just signed a two-way deal with the Rockets, worked his way up the G League. Kelly was able to sit down with him and talk to him about his journey. Kelly, tell me a little bit about it before we start playing it. Um, Yeah, Mike's my guy. I just, I love his journey. Those are the kind of guys that resonate with, you know, people that have to, they have to work at it constantly. And, didn't have anything handed to them. You know, this league is very competitive. It's a very, you know, cutthroat league. There's only 450 jobs available. And he just, man, he's just a real down-to-earth guy. Florida's finest. Uh, and stayed to the end to see what he said because he put it on wax. He put some respect on my name. So, <laughs> let's find out. Yeah, you... you yeah, you, Kelly... You, you definitely threw a little. You definitely threw a little. Uh, <laughs> a little alley oop. I was gonna. Say, I was gonna say you, you definitely threw the rod in there. You were fishing a little yeah, bit. You <laughs> put some respect on my name. You know, it's, it's part of the lifestyle. Shout out to my boy Francis. You know where you are. You know lifestyle. So hey, check it out. So here's the interview with Michael Frazier. Oh, this is a, this is a special day for the Brody and Beer podcast. We got our first guest. Florida's finest, my man, Michael Frazier. How you doing, man? <laughs> I'm good, man. Happy to be on here. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Problem. First off, I want to tell you congratulations on your on your new contract. You know, it, it's a big honor for you and your family, and, and, and you deserve it. Thank you, man. I, re- I really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So, for for those who who aren't as familiar with with you and your journey, you have a very interesting journey, and I think this deal kind of culminates your hard work and, and everything, but kind of take us through your your MBA and your, your Florida journey just for the beginning. Uh, well, yeah, I, I was actually um, fortunate enough to play under Coach Donovan at the University of Florida. I uh, had a really successful career there. I entered the draft my, after my junior season when I drafted, signed with the Los Angeles Lakers uh, for training camp. And I didn't play as well as I would have liked my rookie year. So then I went overseas to Italy, played there for a season. And I ended up tearing my quad over there. So then I missed my, which would have been my third year as a pro. I missed that whole season. I 
actually went back to the University of Florida, started taking classes and trying to finish my degree. They rehabbed me. The training staff there was great and, you know, rehabbing me and nursing me back to health, essentially. Um, the coaching staff there was great. The new coaching staff, actually, because it wasn't Coach Donovan's staff anymore, Coach White and his guys uh, were all great with helping me get back on the court, get back in shape, things like that. Last year, uh, I was I, once I got back healthy, I, I went to RGB to try out. For the G League team ended up making the squad um, and just kind of worked my way up from there, man. You know, the G League is a grind, but if you use it the right way, it can really be beneficial to players. And I think, you know, I'm a prime example of that, of just, you know, going in there grinding, put my head down, working hard, not expecting anything. And just, you know, when I picked my head up, I was an NBA G League champion. I won most improved player in the G League. I got a call up to the Rockets. And now, you know, after this this whole summer of me, you know, being here in Houston and getting to know everybody, the guys being familiar with me, the coaching staff, front office, people like that, you know, I signed a two-way yesterday. So, you know, I've just been taking steps. You know, it's been ups and downs, but all in all, you know, I just try to work hard and keep my head on straight. And, you know, I, I think I'm heading in the right direction for sure. Yeah, and, and for those who don't know, you're you're a shooter first and foremost. I think you, you hold the school record at Florida. I think 11 threes in the game or something like that. And, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, and you also hold the school record for most threes in the season. So, Yes, sir. Who – for all the young guys out there that are trying to become like shooters, what do you have to tell them? You know, how to perfect their craft? How do you get good at what you do best? Man, repetition is the mother of skill. You know, getting a, just getting a lot of shots up, man. And, you know, that's, I mean, that's really the biggest thing for me is just getting those reps up, being consistent, you know, having confidence in what you're doing and having confidence in the work. And I'll always, like, realize that results don't happen overnight. They happen over time. So, you know, over time, you put the work in and then, you know, you look up a couple of years down the road and, you know, you sign the two-way contract. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I kind of want to touch on your on your G League journey a little bit. After you, you know, you signed with the the L.A., the affiliate, the defenders, and mm-hmm. you actually got signed on the, on the team and then you were waived, like, before the season, kind of take us, like, What's going through your head at that time? Because that's a, that's a crazy, you know, change of events. Yeah, I mean, I just kind of, like, wanted to just keep my head in a positive space. You know, I'm always a, like, what's next type of person, regardless of what happens. You know, what's next? What do I do now? Um, how can I get better? How can I learn from this? So it was definitely a learning experience. Um, it showed me that I had, you know, some things I needed to get better at. and um, I became a better professional from it. Took, you know, took the the constructive criticism that the front office people gave me there in LA and got back to work and I mean, ever since then I've just kind of like immersed myself into just perfecting my craft and being good at what I do, not trying to do too much. Um I think a lot of guys get caught up in trying to do everything, but if you can, you know, in this league if you can become a specialist at one one or two things, I think there's a spot on you, you know, many places, not just, you know, one team or or organization. You can fit in many places if you bring a, a specialized skill to the team and, you know, you show that you're professional and you work hard. So that's what I've tried to do. Yeah, and, and you talk about, you know, fitting in different places. You also played overseas. So Italy, mm-hmm. Germany, how is that different kind of from, you know, the NBA everyday grind and everything, like your international experience? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, my international experience personally was very good. Um, I was fortunate to sign with two really, really high-class clubs overseas. So I was kind of – I don't know. Everybody doesn't have a – the type of story about overseas situations that as good as I do. Yeah. But it's definitely a different style of play that they're, they're not as athletic. They're not as skilled. I mean, obviously it's not the NBA. These are the best players in the world in the NBA. So obviously there's that comparison, but obviously the lifestyle, you know, the language barrier, the cultural differences, things like that. But I was open-minded when I went over there. So I just kind of took everything in and just really tried to cherish the experience and play basketball while I was doing it. Yeah, I think uh, another thing to me that was so surprising was like this offseason, I saw you in the gym. It wasn't even a week after game six and you were already in the gym <laughs> getting, getting yep. the workout. Yeah, so yeah, I think it was you and Isaiah Hartenstein. So mm-hmm. what was the conversation like between you, um, y'all two after, you know, game six? People are going on vacation. People are trying to mm-hmm. trying to escape. Why did y'all come back so early? Man, you know, we 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 talked to each other after the G league and we were like, man, you know, next season coming up, regardless of what happens in the playoffs, uh, we got to get back to work as soon as possible. And that's why I respect Isaiah so much. Cause he gets it. You know, he's young. He's, he's much younger than I am. I think I got like four years on him, but he understands, you know, the work. And I, and I, I can respect that in somebody that, you know, has, has been on an NBA contract and, you know, has done the things Isaiah has done. He, even coming from overseas, he's, He's been part of, you know, successful – he's been successful so far. And the fact that he can get back in the gym a week after the season's over shows to me that, you know, he understands how hard it is to be a great player and he's willing to do what it takes to reach his goals and aspirations. And I can respect that about a young guy. I can respect that about anybody that's, you know, willing to do that, willing to sacrifice, you know, time off after the offseason. Like you said, guys are going on a vacation and stuff, so – fact that he was willing to get back in the gym with me a week after like that was big yeah and, and i think the rockets also appreciated you know your work ethic because they always rave about you you know during preseason mm-hmm. during you know the summer i mean the summer and just because you're a shooter i, I don't think i've ever seen you miss a pregame shot <laughs> for the ones i've seen <laughs> i don't i don't think so i, I swear but i mean um, yeah man I don't, I don't i don't put a lot of work in man but i appreciate that <laughs> So, um, you know, obviously this summer the big move was uh, the Rockets acquiring Russell Westbrook. After the news dropped, where were you at the time, you know, the, the Woj broke the story in Vegas? I think I was – we were uh, – yeah, we were in um, we were in Vegas getting ready to play a game. And I just kind of heard people whispering. I think it was Toki. He was like, yo, I think we just signed Russell Westbrook. I was like, what? <laughs> like, it was, I was kind of like, what? What do you mean? <laughs> because I don't really pay attention to, like, ESPN and all of that. I don't really watch that, so yeah, I, I wasn't even I wasn't even aware that we were in the talks of acquiring him. I had no idea. So when I heard that, I was like, I was like taken aback because it's, it was like coming out of nowhere to, to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you know when they, when they told me that, I kind of I, I whispered it to Willie. Willie was at half court. He was a strength <laughs> coach because uh, he was with Russ at OKC actually. And he yeah. couldn't believe it either. So, I mean, that was great news, though, obviously. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so far, how's your experience of him? You know, being around him every day, mm-hmm. being up close. How's the experience? Oh, man, it's, it's been great. Uh, I think Russell's a great guy. Obviously, he's a great player. I think he he's going to, 
fit well with what we have or, you know, what we have going on in Houston. Uh, he's going to be a dynamic piece playing alongside James. They're going to be a dynamic duo in the league, and I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. So, you know, obviously that was a great job by the front office to be able to get him to come to Houston. And I know he wanted to be here too because him and James are really close. So uh, I think that's definitely going to add to the dynamic. Well, you know, well, this being an older team, a lot of things that they talk about is chemistry, chemistry, chemistry. You know, you guys have the mini camp in Vegas to try and get you guys, you know, closer together and on on, on a better right. track. But what right. was that like, you know, being in Vegas? Like, give us an insight to the to the mini camp and stuff that we don't see every day. You know, the conversations you guys are having and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, man, that was great. It was great for us. We had a great time out there, all the team being around instead of it being like a – like the closed environment and practice and, you know, so much, I don't know, it's a, the, you know, heavy in the air. We were kind of out there in the mini camp and it was kind of like, you know, we were playing, getting to know each other, building that team chemistry, uh, which is going to help us go into the season, things like that. And I think that's why, you know, we do things like that to kind of change the scenery up and, you know, let guys just play and have fun and, you know, not have any presses of, the, the pressures that come with being in the season and, and being in the practice facility and things like that when the start going. So you kind of want to establish that chemistry before you start. And that's what, you know, those types of things are for. So speaking of the season, you know, it, it is coming up this weekend. How ready do you think you guys are as a group? You guys think you're ready? Like, do you still need time to gel? Or are you guys confident that it's going to be a grind? But, but what's going on? Yeah, definitely going to be a grind. Um, but I think we're ready for sure. Uh, you know, we work really hard. The guys have worked really hard. And the standard that we have here is to win a championship. So that's the goal. And, and for all the young Hoopers out there that have gone through similar journeys like you, you know, tough times, tribulations, what advice do you have to give to those guys, you know? Yeah, man, just work hard. And, you know, you can do whatever you want to do. If you're willing to put the work in, your dreams can come true. I know it sounds cliche, but it's it's so true, man. I'm a living testimony to that. I, there's no there's no way you could have told me that I'd be signing the NBA two way contract last year this time because I was a tryout guy for the G League team. So, I mean, it, and all I can say is, you know, obviously I've I've had people that helped me, but for the most part, it was hard work and not letting anything that happened to me negatively dictate my mindset and take my confidence away from, you know, what I was capable of. And I'm very grateful to the people that I've had with me on this journey uh, because without them, like, this wouldn't be possible. Without hard work, it wouldn't be possible either. So if you got good people in your corner, keep them there. Tell them that you're grateful for them, that you appreciate everything they've done, and, you know, work your butt off. And that's, I think that's the recipe to success. Wow, that's, that's, a, that's a good answer. But before I let you go, I need to get it on wax. I need you to confirm to everybody that I I am the best dressed media member in Houston. I need, <laughs> I, I need hey, I'm, I'm going to stamp that. I'm stamping it. You are. Thank you. I've been peeping. Boy, you got some heat. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oh, man. Thank you. Appreciate yeah, you being on, sure. man. No, nah, man. I appreciate you guys having me, man. Great interview, Kelly. That was awesome. And it's just Awesome to hear the story from Frazier, just kind of his way up. It's like you said at the beginning, it's it's really cool to hear these guys who weren't first-round picks or went undrafted and had to really fight their way into the NBA 
And it's it's always refreshing to hear that stuff. And he's really going to help the Rockets. I mean, he shot 38% from the G League last year. That's something, of course, we all know the Rockets really value. That's he's going to be. He can be a very helpful piece for that squad. So, well, I, I mean, I'm excited for Game One. I don't know if you are, Kelly. Um, it's about freaking time. <laughs> I mean, right. I mean, it's 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 weird too because you know it's going to be the third day of the NBA season officially starting, and they're fi- and we're finally getting to the Rockets. I'm 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 not even the only one who thought the game was today. Like I remember Clint thought it was today. James he kind of slipped up and said Wednesday. Like it's just a weird start to the season. But you know the good thing about it is that there's going to be basketball every weekend for the next like nine months. So yeah, I mean we're. We're in it now. And I mean, they didn't, the scheduling guys didn't do them any favors with starting out the uh, season against the Milwaukee Bucks, who, you know, the Rockets went 0 2 last year. We all remember the, the, just the image of Eric Bledsoe not kind of just shading Harden to the right, but like completely jumping on his left side and trying to force him to his right. And, you know, the, this kind of led to, Teams thinking this is something they could do against Harden. And, you know, the Jazz tried to replicate that in the playoffs. That did not work. I mean, <laughs> I'll, I'll, to put it lightly, that did not work one bit. The Jazz, when I, I remember, like, um, Rubio. <laughs> Yo, this was the funniest thing ever, seeing it from, the, like, the, the press the press road, just watching Rubio literally standing on one side of him while he's trying to go to the basket, trying to funnel him towards Rudy Gobert. And, I mean, it, it kind of worked for part of game one. But after he got that floater going, it was, it was, it was, yeah. Well, I mean, like, the, the big difference is, you know, the, the Bucks have the yeah, horses the personnel. that can do yeah. that. Yeah. Do that. You have to have a specific type of personnel that can really make that happen. And it was difficult for the Jazz, I think. And on top of it, they didn't even execute it well. Like, that's no. the other thing. If you're going to do that, you have to nail everything. You got to nail the rotations. You got to nail the the guy helping the helper and constantly be on top of that. And that's something the Bucks were able to do against the Rockets that the Jazz weren't. And to just kind of highlight a little bit of, you know, what, how it really kind of did affect Harden. Now, he had a huge 40-point game against the Bucks, and then he had a 23 in Milwaukee. And the thing that really kind of stands out when you just look at the numbers is he shot 28% from three combined in those two games. It's it's going to be a fun way to kind of just watch how this, how the Bucks go at him again. Are they going to do that again or are they going to change things up a little bit? You know, they generally have the same, same guys minus Brogdon. So I can see, you know, Bledsoe already coming in, going with that mindset of, you know what, going to do it all over again. You think it's gonna work though? I, I I just don't see it happening. I just think I don't know. James looks on he looks looks different this preseason. Like it's so easy. Like I, I was looking at the stats last night and they the numbers just jump off the page. Thirty one points a game, uh, nine assists, six rebounds, and twenty eight minutes per game, shooting forty percent on eleven threes a night, which is ridiculous. Now I understand that Bledsoe because he has that low frame. You know, he has the low gravity to the ground, and he's a savvy defender. He was able to, you know, kind of trouble Harden a little bit, but like you said, he did have like a 40-point game. And in the reverse fixture, you know, Eric Gordon, he was 
He was hurt. He was 0 for 7. Tucker missed some three. Like, I, I just, I don't think, I think people put a little too much stock into that scheme because, you know, granted, we, we all know that James Harden can hit a high degree difficulty of shots. So if, you know, the step backs he takes from how you're trying to force him to, to move in that direction, if those go in, I mean, hey, I don't know. But I, yeah, I, 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 th- I think we'll see. I think we'll see. Part of it, I think, was the the novelty of it the first time he saw it. And even the second time, just because he, he, nobody else had really done that in the regular season except the Bucks. So part of that was something that might have caught these guys off guard. I don't know if it'll work or not. I agree with you. Harden has looked great in the preseason. I mean, this is he's looked locked in, basically picking up from where he was last season, just ready to go. He's been putting up great numbers. The one thing I'd say is, you know, preseason defense is generally uh, questionable at best, but, you know, he's been into it and you can tell and it's, you know, he's he looks like he's in midseason form already. So I think he's coming into the season with a great mindset. I think this is something that we're going to see. So, you know, regardless, here's the other thing, too. It is just the first game of the season. You know, last season the Rockets got smacked by the New Orleans Pelicans first game of the year. And we saw how both those seasons played out. The Pelicans didn't make the playoffs. We know that whole disaster and the Rockets, you know, moved on to the playoffs and got to go to the second round. So, you know, it's putting too much stock into one game is, is something that's a little bit scary and, and things like that. But I'm just excited to see these guys play. I really want to see the offense with Russ and and Harden, you know, I want to see, are they going to really kind of continue to run actions and get things going? I think that's the best way to make this work, you know, or are we going to get a lot of your turn, my turn, which is one way I think that tends to be a problem. You know, what, what have you seen with what they're going through in practice? You've, you've been on the ground the past few days, you know, what do you see in that realm? Do you see them kind of playing offensively, getting ready to get going? Uh, yeah, I think um, from the first couple days of camp, you know, Coach Brett Gunning, who I, I call, he he, he kind of hates this term, but I call him the the offensive coordinator for Houston just because he, he's in charge of everything on the ground. You know, Coach D'Antoni does big picture stuff, but when it comes to offense, putting in sets, putting in actions, it's on Coach Gunning. And I've seen them, you know, they operate a lot out of the 21 series, which is, you know, Point guard, shooting guard, involved actions. And we, we've kind of seen a few assists from Russ to James in the preseason, James to Russ. And that was kind of how we saw with Chris Paul before, you know, the season started. We saw glimpses, which is what the preseason is, because no one wants to give their full bag, you know, before the season starts. But there is going to be, there are going to be times in the season where it will be your turn, my turn, because that's how it was with Chris too. And the Rockets have still had a top two offense for the last, what, three, four years? So I think it is a best of both worlds situation in the sense that, you know, when Russ is with the second unit, he's going to be able to bring things. And when he's playing with James, he's going to have to play off James a little bit because he is going to be standing a bit more. But there are times when James will obviously cut to the basket. He's going to take passes, handoffs, catch and shoot. It might not be a ton because, you know, at some point in your career, your old habits kick in. But I think it will be 
interesting to see how that dynamic goes back and forth throughout the season. Do you think that Russ and Harden is like one of the most anticipated offensive duos this season? I'm thinking of like AD and Lo- like people we've never seen play before together. Like Russ and Harden has got to be one of the most anticipated duos that people like want to see how they play because we have no idea what they look like. Yeah, and, and the last time they did play together, it was their games were so different. They were little James babies. Was, was much different. Yeah, so I think you you hear around the league, you know, players talk a lot, and this was one of the things that they were looking forward to see. Like I saw Kevin Durant talk about it on uh, some podcast. He was excited to see how it's going to work, you know, because at the end of the day, people are basketball fans, even the players, and they they want to see, damn, how is this going to work? It's because if it works, it could be you know, electrifying. So I think it's just that intrigue that's going to keep people glued to their seats and paying a lot of attention to the Rockets this season. I cannot wait for it. Like, this is more than any other duo. This is the duo I've wanted to watch all summer. Like, I've been, I just can't wait. I want to see this whole thing. Like you said, I'm going to be glued to it. I'm going to keep my eyes on on it. I, I, I am very excited to finally get to watch these two guys and see how it works and also see how D'Antoni manages this whole thing. And I think that's going to be an important key to it because it's, it's hard. It's listen, like I, everybody's going to get mad again, but it's hard. Like Russ hasn't proven to be a catch and shoot guy. And if, and maybe he has that year, maybe this is a year where he, his percentages really jump up this year and, and, and it, and it's great. But I also don't think that maximizes his abilities, you know, and I think there's got to be sort of a compromise between those two te- those two guys to figure it out when they're on the court in terms of how to make this work. You know, you can get away with Chris Paul being a catch and shoot guy because that's something he can do. If, if Russ isn't hitting it, you can't really do that. And that's going to be the biggest issue for this team. And I'm just so excited to watch it work. I think really, I think they're 21 series is the perfect action for these two guys. You get them going with pace. You get Harden or Russ coming downhill, you know, that opens up opportunities for Capella to roll to the rim and find other pockets for guys to cut or hit Tucker in the corner or Gordon at the above the break three. Like, there's definitely, it's it's just a great setup. It's just like, it, to me, if they just ran that a bunch, it'd be great. So, like, the thing I want to keep an eye on more is how much isolation do they run versus how much actual, like, early offense sets do they get into? I mean, I mean, you know, if you if you watch Rockets games a lot, early on in the first quarter, they'll they'll run some stuff to kind of get guys loose, see how the defense reacts. Because a lot of what Houston does is reactionary, you know. They the reason why they have so many different like sets is so if a defense is acting one way, okay, we're gonna go to this. If a defense does this, we're gonna go to that. So I think when games initially start, there's this play they'll run. It's a dribble handoff that turns to a Tucker three in the corner. And if the defense is sagging off on Tucker, they're going to keep going to that. You know, obviously, you know, James Harden is one of the best, if not the best isolation player of all time. But so he's going to, there are going to be times where he's going to go to that because there was, I think it was an article last season where, you know, and even if you look at the normal like stats on NBA.com, his isolation efficiency was better than like 20 teams, team offenses. So, I mean, 
<laughs> that's kind of speaking for itself. But I think I think the main thing that's going to be that I'm going to be looking at is his leadership. Um, he's spoken a lot about it this summer. Um, he's taking steps to ensure that you know the younger guys who have come in are getting up to speed, but also with Russ, you know, because he knows Russ better than we do. So he knows what's going on with him. If he's if he's struggling, if he's not, I know for a fact that. Harden is going to have his hands all over this team. You know, today, I think it was during practice, he was sitting down with uh, Coach Turner, the defensive coach, for like 30 minutes. They're just going over like a bunch of stuff while everyone was you know, getting loose. And that's kind of things I didn't see before. You know, it's just him sitting down with the defensive coach, you know, trying to make X's and O's work. And I think that's that's going to be, to me, that's going to be where I'm focused on from a human aspect outside of, you know, just simple X's and O stuff, but that's just me. What have you seen from the relationship between Russ? Uh, well, it's, it's easy to tell that they've been friends for 20 years. I think you, you see that right off the bat. They have that bond. They have that chemistry and that brotherhood where, you know, he can pull them to the side because, you know, when, when Chris was here and things were struggling on the court, obviously Harden wasn't, afraid to let Chris know, but Chris, sometimes, you know, he, he's such a super competitor that, you know, if things that he says, you might take it the wrong way, you know, because him and James, while they were friends, it was kind of something that that was, they were put together by outside forces, you know what I'm saying? But Russ and James have been wanting to do this for a while and they know each other from way back where it won't be a case of, you know, maybe disrespectful or you know, condescending or, or, you know, stuff like that, where they know they're coming, it's coming from a place of love. So if you, if, if James is, is, is screwing up, he's like, Hey, you know, chill out and vice versa. Just stuff like that is going to make a world of a difference, at least in my opinion, just as the season goes along. Do you think the age difference between like Chris Paul and James Harden, like, like affected that relationship that James Harden was like, thought of as sort of the leader of the team and then Chris Paul was older and like also like such an amazing player and a veteran but then now like Russell Westbrook and James Harden are kind of on even footing and they're the same age and they've been friends for so long I mean I I, I think for sure that's that could be a factor because you know it's just natural and Chris was also the highest paid on the team so you know anybody can sit here all day and, and talk about why it didn't work because of this scheme, because of that scheme. But sometimes it's just human nature, you know. People are just different. So I, I, I don't think it's an indictment on anybody if so-and-so didn't work or this and this didn't work. I just think sometimes people just don't work in the end. It's just it's just something you have to live with in the NBA. You know, shit happens. So I, I think you get better from that, yeah. There, there's a lot to unpack there. I think part of it, too, is... Harden and Westbrook have a relationship from when basically they were kids. Yeah. Both LA guys, both have been around the the high school circuit together, the AAU circuit, like they've known each other forever. Then obviously playing together in Oklahoma City. With Chris, it was almost like a manufactured relationship, almost of of a need or necessity, then then really felt like an authentic friendship. You know, and and that's something that makes the difference there, in that sense, and that's a, that's really kind of what will help, you know, 
Russ being able to go to James and saying like, yo, you got to do this or the other way around. And we all know Chris's history. Like, you know, he has a habit of grinding on teammates. It's It wasn't unique to just Harden. This was something, you know, I saw firsthand when I was with the Clippers. Like, this is, it's a, he, as much of a competitor as he is and all he wants to do is win, he does drive teammates nuts. So it's one of those things that you kind of run into. And, you know, it's it's going to be fun watching this relationship between these two guys because, you know, the, the running joke is also like you never do business with friends. So who knows how this will play out with these guys in the long run. But they have at the ground. The ground floor is they have the best relationship foundation. You know, they're all close with each other. They're all tight. They've known each other forever. So, you know, that's a good starting point for this. And then, you know, I kind of want to go back a little bit to like when you're talking about the isolation stuff, like you definitely got to run the isolation stuff. This is going to be a bit different, though, because teams are going to sag off for us more than than he's used to. He's going to have Harden's going to have a little bit less space than he's used to, you know, and, and James is good enough. It probably won't make that much of a difference, but we're going to see and we're going to we're going to start to see on Thursday night. Quick, quick prediction right now. Who do you have? Bucks win in the first game, or you got the Rockets? Uh, I think, I think the Rockets want to get revenge after Harden got smacked in the face by Giannis with the ball. So, oh God, I remember that. So I, I think the Rockets come out one twenty one, one oh six. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I. I think it's a closer game. I think the Rockets win. I have a lot of questions about the Bucks. My, I, I think it's going to be a shootout, though. I don't think the Rockets are going to hold the Bucks to one hundred and six. I think this is going to be in like the well, well, well. well, well I, I don't think I'm not saying one hundred and six because they're going to hold them. I just think Chris Middleton's going to miss a bunch of threes. So. There you go. Well, that's, that's defense. You get credit for that defensively. Whether you could test that three or not, if he doesn't make those shots, you get credit as yeah. as the analytics go. So you get you, you get the credit for that defense. Uh, it's going to be a fun game. It's going to be exciting, and the season's going to be nuts. So before we go, Kelly, what is your your expectation for the Rockets this season? That's a good question. Um, I. I have to say that they have to, if I say conference finals it's not enough because they've been there you know so this with the league as wide open as it is my expectation is to get into the finals I I, I think I don't think the roster is right now how it will look come playoff time I think there's going to be some moves in the season yeah, I think they have to get to the finals. I, I expect them to get to the finals. I, I know the West is going to be tough. It always is. I just think if they're in a series with the Clippers or the Lakers, yes, those are the two arguably best teams in the NBA right now. I mean, or in the West. But I think we, as NBA fans, you know, we forget that the only team that we've seen the Rockets lose to was the mighty Golden State Warriors over the past two years. Now, granted, you know, those teams had Chris Paul, and this is a different dynamic altogether. But I, I just think that a team of this caliber and with this talent level and coaching acumen, they should be able to get to the finals. 
I mean, like, first off, fuck you, Kelly, for now making me the bad guy. <laughs> we have a first round exit. <laughs> no, I don't have them as a first round exit. Second I don't round? have them. Wait, wait, I don't wait. have them. I don't have them going to the finals. What do you I have think, them going to the conference finals? I think, and this is a little bit biased because I got to watch the Lakers last night. The Lakers are not any. I mean, they're not anywhere ready for a conference finals. Like I don't have the Lakers in the conference finals. I think they're they're in they're a contender to go to the conference finals. I don't think this team as currently constructed. Now obviously something big could happen. They can make a, a huge move and and that will change the dynamics. But the way it's currently constructed, I don't think this team can beat the Clippers to get to the I, the finals. I, I, I think, th- the I think road- they need I think they need like a Andre Iguodala, Jay Crowder, you know and they need one more big, but I see what you're saying. I mean, that's that's, that's a lot of pieces, you know. And that's, I know, we don't. I know, I know. And then and so and on top of it is like I don't know how much they have to assets to play with to go get those things. And it's not to say I will never doubt Daryl Morey to find a way to pull these things off. He's done a phenomenal job as a GM, always finding value and always finding guys he can go to and 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 get that stuff. I mean. They found Daniel House last year, you know, and and he was a an important piece for them. So, but I don't have them going to the finals. Like that's not my expectations for them. I think a, if they hit the conference finals, that's that's where they top off. I think I wouldn't be upset with a a, a second round exit. Like I think that's kind of well, a second it, it round exit to who, conference finals. Who, who's it too? Yeah, who they play and things like that. Like, there's a lot of the West is wide open. You know, I don't think they're a first round exit or anything like that. But I don't have them going to the finals. I think you're just, you know, you gotta, you're in Houston. You gotta kind of do what you do, and then uh, of course well, I get to honestly, be the bad guy. Honestly, honestly, to me, conference finals, finals. I mean, it's, I don't know, but I just think that this team, when you look at it in the West, I don't think, I don't think Denver is a worry for them. I don't think Portland is a worry for them. I just think it's Clippers or bust. I, I I just don't see it. Like here, I'll say this: once you get to the conference finals, then it's, it's anybody's game because anything can happen. So obviously injuries, blah blah blah, what, what have you. But nothing. They have to get past the second round. So I'll, I'll I'll tweak it a little bit. They need to get past the second round, and then we'll go from there. That's all I'm saying. Don't sleep on Utah. I know I, I the know. Rockets handled I know. them. I know. The Rockets handled them last year. I think. I honestly think their defense wasn't the issue last year in the they playoffs. It was shots. their offense. They couldn't hit shots. Yeah, exactly. And they've and they've made some serious upgrades on the offensive end. Maybe a little detrimental to their defense. We'll see. But I wouldn't sleep on them in that sense. But you know, it, I'll be honest. Right now, a, a Rockets Utah second round series would be a toss up to me. I could see both teams winning it. It's. You know, it's, we just got to see how it goes and and where we're at. But Kelly, I think we've run out of time. I, I, I we've gotten a, a lot in. Everybody, go check out the ecosystem. I think Kelly just dropped a new one today, uh, Wednesday. It's still going to be good to be able to read on a Thursday as well, guys. Leave reviews, rate us, give us all that stuff. You know, tweet us on on Twitter. Use the hashtag. Use the name Brody and the Beard. Use that as the hashtag to get our attention. Let us know what you guys think and and what are your expectations for the Rockets this season. 